We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week. God is doing in our youth and in our children's uh, departments here at Mount Hope. We are growing, and uh, God is, you know, sometimes with my eyes I go, oh, man, as, as the kids uh, at camp will tell you, I'll go, for the love of God. You know, you miss stuff. But you know what is awesome about God is when we think with our mind, God always shows you something from his eyes. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. It's not about what I think it should be, you know. Uh, the message today that the Lord gave me is called Waymaker, that God put on my heart. Because in my midst of thinking over the last couple months, and especially with camp going crazy, and I got to make this happen, I got to make that happen at church, I got to make this happen, I got to make that happen in my life, I got to make this happen, and I got to make that happen. And God says, Tony, you don't got to make anything happen. I am the way maker. Let me be the way maker in your life, and you be a way maker for me. Sometimes, I've said this before, but sometimes we got to get out of the way to get in the way. The way of Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we forget that, we lose track of where we're at, and that's what happened with me. I'm so thankful we got pastors that see and they stop and say, hey, what's going on? I know that they pray for me. I know that the team, well, if you're on the children's or the youth team, just raise your hand. There is no way that I could do this without them. There is no way. Colleen put that whole routine together. Uh, I've seen her love for God grow, even through, even through the tough things. Her and I are like, like a brother and sister, really. We kind of bump heads, but you know what? God uses that even, doesn't he, to make things better. And I love her so much. Her heart is genuine for your kids, for your youth, for our young families, and, and Brian too. Those guys pray continuously for, for all of us, but specifically for your children and your youth. They spend hours down in that basement praying. And I'm so proud to to be a part of their ministry that they, that they share with our, kid, with our youth. And I don't know of our youth that are in here if you knew that, but I guarantee you they pray for you. They pray specifically for you by name and even for those that we don't even know yet. You guys are blessed to have a couple that love God and love you like they do. And I, and I mean that. Our children's team... Chris, you know, we've, we've been working on uh, uh, getting together and doing some different things in the, in the nursery, and we haven't quite got there yet. But, but God is making a way, you know, and those things are coming. It's just that I don't, I don't have to worry about the nursery. You got it. You know what I mean? God uses you with those little ones and to see the love that you have for them and the love that you have for these families, that you pray over those little ones. You pray over the snacks. She prays over the snacks. 
She wants every kid that comes, every child, every family to be touched by the Lord. That's a way maker. They're way makers. We all need to be way makers. All of you that have donated, gave, asked to give, went to our dinners, prayed, you guys are way makers. We need to be way makers in the church. We need to be way makers in our community. And God tinged me on a few things as I was studying for this message to get my heart lined up where it needs to be. All of you that are part of camp in our church that uh, are part of the team out there, uh, you guys are way makers. If you wouldn't uh, uh, come and work this summer, my kids wouldn't have got baptized in the Holy Spirit this summer. We had 190 kids at kids camp. 101. 101 were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. That's crazy. I haven't, we haven't got the numbers yet from youth camp, but I know that God moved powerfully in, in, in our youth. God did something in your life. Kids and youth, if you're here and God did something at your life in camp this summer, would you just stand up real quick? I know I, you guys, I always put you on the spot. You should know me by now. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the reason why that happened is because all of you are way makers. That God moved in our heart. Our kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's so awesome what God does. Amen? I shared all that to, to, to say that if we're going to go forward here at this church and in Gaylord, we need to be way makers for our pastors. We need to be way makers for our community. But most of all, we need to be way makers for God. God will use us. I'm going to share with you today uh, various parts of the Bible where God has used way makers. If you could open your Bibles to Acts 3. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to pray while you're doing that. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that you've called us, Lord, as broken as we are, as messed up as we might be sometimes. But we're children of, we're your children, and God, you use the brokenhearted. You use the, the, the ones, you, you, I, I can't believe how much you use us, use me. As broken as I am, you still use me. Lord God, I give you glory for that. Lord God, I pray in the, in the next moments as we read from your word and we think on these things, Lord God, that you open our hearts, you open our eyes, Lord God. That, Lord, you begin to make a way in our life. Maybe we've not seen it. Lord, I believe there's people in this church right now that are called by you, Lord God. That they've set aside that thing. But Lord, you're making a way for them right now that they can, they can make their way into your way and do the call that you've put on their life. Lord, I believe there's people in here that are broken, that they've been abused or they've, they've been broken down. But Lord God, they're in the right place for the right time for the way maker to come into their lives. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you heal that heart right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, there's people in here that are bound by addictions. They're bound by different things that have happened in their life. Lord God, I pray right now that those chains would come off and Lord, you would make a way in their lives. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that even some of us are here, that we've walked our life with you, Lord Jesus. We know no, no other thing 
But Lord God, you're even making a way into our hearts. Lord, teach us something new today. Lord, break us, Lord God, that we can hear you and see you. That, Lord God, we can be a way for our brothers and our sisters. Lord, that we can be a way maker for our community, Lord God, for our church, for our country. Lord, whatever you want to do in us, I ask that you do it in us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 3, Acts, verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so that he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the man by the hand, and he helped him up. And as he did, the, the man's feet and ankles were intently healed and strengthened. He jumped up. He stood on his feet, and he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Hallelujah. Waymakers. Waymakers. That's what Peter and John did that day. They were, they were allowing themselves to be used from God, of God. They had made the commitment to say, God, use us. Were they disciples? Did they walk with Jesus? Yes. But we got something greater than that. Jesus lives in us. And if he lives in us, that means we are already, by the nature of that, way makers. And we can bring the power of God to people that don't know it. We can bring the power of God to our friends when they're hurting our brothers and our sisters. That's just as important. The Bible tells us that we should weep with those that are weeping and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. That is just as powerful as God moving through a miracle and healing somebody. Because in that moment, you may not be healing them physically, but God's using you to heal them spiritually. You're making a way where for them there seems like no other way. Some of us have had tragedies in our lives. And if it wasn't for God using the waymakers around us, there's no way we would ever have gotten through it. I know in my times of tragedy with my daughters, with, with Casey passing, that if it wouldn't have been for God using waymakers around me, I would have never have gotten through that. God is awesome. And because he's awesome, that makes us awesome because he dwells in us. And we can be a way where there is no way. Some of us are in this room right now are going to be sent to places that are dark, that are cold, that the people there are not going to know the way out. But God is going to put you in the way so you can give them a way out. I know that right now in this room there are people called to the mission field. There are people called to the inner city. There are people called to their neighborhoods. There are people called to these schools. There are people called to this church. 
Because not everybody that comes through these doors are going to know Jesus. We have to be Jesus for them. We have to be a way for them to see Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That should, we should be excited about that. But some, I, I, know, I know sometimes we, I, I know in my walk, and this is where God kind of hit me the other day. I was praying up on the hill. And I'm praying, and I'm praying for this person, I'm praying for that person, I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying because God put this message on my heart. Lord, be a waymaker in their life, Lord God. Send a waymaker. And God says, How about you go? How about you go? How, how about you be their waymaker? Never thought about it. Sometimes, us as intercessors, I feel like God, that's part of the call. I'm an intercessor. We can get stuck in the closet, guys. And there's powerful things that happen in the closet. We've seen it. But God wants us to use powerful things in the physical and the now and in the places that we go when we come out of the closet. And it hurt when he said that. You know? Here I am thinking I'm doing the right thing, Mike. And I am, but I'm not. You know, you can be all right and all wrong at the same time. I know it's crazy, but, but that's, but God, you know, so I say, all right, God, then, then what do you want me to do? And he sent me on this trip. And on that trip, I was able to make my way back. And, and guess what? I just happened to be going the way for some of those people that were praying. God, it wasn't a happenstance. It wasn't a coincidence. God set that whole thing up. There was only one person that could go, and it was me. And so I said, okay, God, I got it. And on my way, I began to pray, and I stopped, and I prayed with people that God had put on my heart two days before because I wanted to be obedient to what God said. Can I just encourage you, in your prayer time, when you're driving down the road, when you're sitting at the table drinking your coffee, and I know if you love God, I know that this has happened to you. All of a sudden, somebody pops into your mind. Can I tell you, that's not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. God is saying, I want you to be a way maker right now. Sometimes it will be through prayer. Maybe they're a missionary, they're out in the field and you can't get to them. But sometimes, they're just your neighbor next door. And all it takes is a knock on the door. We live in a society where we don't knock on doors no more. Some of the most powerful things that have ever happened in my life was somebody coming to me, knocking on the door, and saying, I'm here. I don't know what's going on, but God sent me here to pray with you. God sent me here to tell you this. Don't be afraid of that. Don't let this world stop you from being a way maker. Because there is a lot, of, there, there's power in prayer. But there's so much power when you come down, when you move over, when you move out, when you, you go to somebody's house or you meet them for lunch or you see them in the store and you pray for them. It means so much more. People pray, people, people say, I'll be praying for you. But how much more powerful it is if that's Mac and I say, Mac, let's pray right now. It means way more. And then in this life, you know, because everybody's busy, when you take the time, the second, the minute to go to somebody and pray with them, it can change their life. Just, it's not just the prayer. It's the presence. Just your presence changes everything. 
Because the presence of God lives in you. And you guys have heard me say this over and over, God. There's power in presence. There is power in presence. There's power in God's presence, so there's power in your presence. And that's what I've committed to do. When God zapped me on that hill, I said, okay. So I got my ears open. If I show up at your house, it's not me, it's God telling me to come, okay? Just so you know. And it'll probably be right around dinner time, just so you know. No, I wouldn't do that. But if God does lay, lay you on my heart, I will, I will be there. Uh, God is an amazing God. So here's Peter and John, right? They go in. And here's this guy, been lame since birth. Now, here's, when I read this story, and, and I've preached on this before, and, 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 but God wanted me to use this, this example. We have to think about how many times did Jesus walk by this beggar? His shadow touching him could have healed him. The blind beggar could have reached out and touched him like the, the woman did, and he could have been healed. But for such a time as this, God set aside this, this appointed time that Peter and John could be used of God. And, and what I think is that he purposely did that, that, that Peter and John could feel the power of God's presence. And it would not just strengthen them spiritually, but it strengthens their faith that, oh, wow. I mean, we're talking about Peter. Remember the guy that cut off the ear? Always, you know, always, he was, I, I've been told I'm like Peter. Sometimes I just go, what? You know, without thinking, I just do, you know? And that's good and bad. We need to be action, ready for action. But we, we better do it with God. Like the seven sons of Sceva, remember them? Yeah, so we got to do it with God. And I've learned to be patient, but be obedient. Be looking and be ready. And so Peter and John are walking through. This guy gets healed. And then what I love is he didn't stop there. He didn't stop with prayer. He was healed already. But he didn't stop with prayer. What did he do? He reached down and he pulled him up. And as he pulled him up, his ankles were strengthened, his legs, and he was, he was set free. So not only did he get healing, he got set free. Because I can't imagine what it would be like to be carried somewhere every day for my whole life. That sounds like bondage to me. Sounds like bondage. But he wasn't just healed, he was set free. He was delivered, he was saved in that moment. Hallelujah. Guess what? God can use you to do that if you have the boldness and the courage to do it. This is the way I look at it, and this is what I've told my kids. Uh, I, I'll share a story with, with Casey, my youngest daughter. So one time, we're, we're in Carroll, we're ministering in Carroll, and uh, uh, we're, we're just, it's just a normal day. We went to the church, did some things to get ready for Sunday Kids Church. It was a Friday. This is a really cool story, by the way. And it has a second part of it. So it's, I love second part stories. So, so, uh, so we have to get gas at the Speedway. That's like the most popular place in Carroll to get gas. And it's, well, now it's not the only one, but then it was. So it was the only place you could get gas. But we're there. And uh, 
there's, there's a guy that he is in a, a lane in front of us. So like, if this is the pump, we're parked here and he's parked at the next pump. And Casey's in doing what every teenager does. She was playing with her phone, you know, wasn't paying attention. And I'm pumping gas and, and I get done pumping gas and I go inside and I pay for the gas and I'm coming out and here's Casey coming in, tears in her eyes. She says, that man over there, you need to pray for him, Dad. And I said, oh, I, I need to pray for him? I said, why, why would I need to pray for him? And she goes into this big, long thing. And I said, you know what I think God's doing? I think God's telling you, you need to pray for him. And she's like, you think so? And I said, Casey. I said, God didn't tell me all that. So in the middle of this store, in the very center of the speedway, in, in broad daylight, my baby girl goes up to this man and says, sir, excuse me. And he says, yes. And he has this little phone thing on, right? And so he's talking to somebody, and, 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 and Casey goes, I think the Lord's telling me to pray for you. He instantly said, I'll call you back. Hung up the phone. Standing in the middle of the Speedway store. You could already see it was building on him. He was holding back tears. But then Casey began to pray heaven down on him and said, God has called you. And I'll never forget this because this, I mean, we're in Carroll, Michigan. It's a very small town. But God told Casey to tell this man that God has called you. He has put what, this message on your heart for such a time as this that you need to write down this book that God told you to write for the last seven years, he's been telling you to do this, and you've been running from it. He told me to call you Jonah. And he's told me to tell you, Jonah, it's time to stop running. Do what I called you to do. Guys, bro I mean, he's gone. He's broken. He's, on. he's actually on the floor weeping. And then we just prayed the love of God over him. And then we walked him out to his car. He said, and he's, you know, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Blah, 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 I'll do that. And, and uh, all, everything was good, right? So we leave. And two years later, this is the second part. Two years later, we're at Fahola. It's family camp. We're sitting there. And uh, we're in the dining hall. And guess who walks in the door? This man. He instantly saw Casey and began to weep. And Casey went up to him, said, God wants you to know he forgives you, but you need to write that book. He still hadn't written the book. And Casey instantly knew that. And we prayed over him. He's done the book. I don't, I, I don't know uh, exactly which book it is. I'm still trying to, trying to get a hold of this guy. But he said he wrote the book. So I, I'm just saying that. This is Casey. At the time was 10 years old. She was just obedient to God and God used her. It is that easy. We sometimes overthink it. If God puts something on your heart, just say it. It is not your responsibility for them to receive it. Do we need to, you know, kind of have some tact with that? Oh, yeah. Do we need to do it in love? Oh, yeah. But we need to do it. So that was her, like, that was her moment that God was using her. And, she, and God used her many other times. But, but he... I love the way that God followed through with it. You know what I mean? And didn't let it go. And, and it did something in Casey too. 
So when you do something for God, when you become a way maker, he's just not making a way in your life or their life. He's making a way in your life. He's making that power and that presence come to life, that faith to grow. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go to another story. I got to find it here. I marked it. Okay, here we go. So uh, Philip, I love Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch. Another great story in the Bible. Another way that God makes a way maker. So if you got your Bibles open at uh, Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 26. Verse 26, 826. I love the book of Acts. You know why? Because it's the book of the believers. That's what I say. It is. It's awesome. It shows us that God can use us no matter who we are. Philip, in this case, this Philip was a deacon. If you're a deacon or deaconess, where are you at? See, they, don't, they won't raise their hands. Okay, well, I'll just tell you like this. God will use you. God will use you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, verse 26, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the, tre the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of the great authority under Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over, walk along beside the carriage. So Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, how can I unless one instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scriptures he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter and a lamb silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak to his descendants? For his life was taken from this earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So begin with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Hallelujah. How's that for being a way maker? He instructs him the whole time, right? He says, go and stand by the carriage. He listens. He hears the word of God. Philip goes, wow, he's talking about the word of God. I know about this. And he begins to listen. And then he, the Ethiopian asks, and what does he do? He gives. He makes a way where there's no way. Here's Philip just walking. He, he's, he's, it doesn't tell us where he's at before he sends him, but he's minding his own business, and the Holy Spirit says, go! And Philip goes. When, when God tells us to go, we need to go. We need to start making our way, to get in his way, to do what he asked us to do, so we can make a way for somebody else. Hallelujah. We're all waymakers. If the worship team will come, we're going to pray. Bible story after Bible story is waymakers. All the way, I use the book of Acts to say, to, to, to say that this is us. 
We are followers of Jesus Christ, just like Philip, just like Peter, just like John. But there's other waymakers in the Bible. Moses, waymaker. David, waymaker. Nehemiah, waymaker. Daniel, waymaker. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, waymakers. We're all waymakers. And I think, for me, at least this is what God's telling me, it's time, Tony, to not just do what I've called you to do, and that's to tell people, no matter if you're called as a pastor or not, because I love Jesus, I'm supposed to tell people about him. I'm supposed to make a way where there don't seem to be a way. Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message.